Hey, buddy. Hey. We're in a really cool spot. Where, where are you, John? I'm at, I'm at Murphy's. Dude, we this place is sick. Got it. This is happening. This is happening. <laughs> You're going to sit in the camera. I don't need to Oh, you want me to sit in? Yeah, you get in the camera. The drafts are going to go up sometime next week. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, so Wait, I can't on. ask any more questions. Before you start talking, let's do the intro. <laughs> do you have like a sound? You do. You have a song at the start, don't you? Yeah, it's darch ka darch 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 The Buyback Podcast takes place in a bar. If you aren't old enough to be in the bar, you're probably not old enough to be listening to the content in this podcast. For the rest of you degenerates, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let's get this party started. Welcome to The Buyback. My name is John. I'm Alex. And we are sitting here with our friend Rory Murphy. Rory is a owner at The Wolfhound in Astoria, and now an owner and bartender at Murphy's in Ditmar's Astoria. Is this Ditmar's? Yeah, yeah, more or less. Hello, world. Hi, Rory. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually funny enough, I've actually, a lot of people have been asking, and I'm like, it's 45th and 23rd Avenue, so it's the first exit coming into Astoria off the, is that the Grand Central? BQE. BQE, all right, so now the Grand Central. See, I, I literally been telling everyone the wrong address all this time. <laughs> well, <laughs> good. They'll find us sooner or later. We've been trying to get Rory on the podcast for... Ever, since we started. Yeah, you were like one of our first, Like, we were like, yeah, we're gonna start a podcast. It's 2020, it's COVID. Who would sit down with us? Oh, Rory would totally sit down with us. <laughs> yeah, that's what you think. Uh, we were so mistaken. <laughs> well, what you kept saying is, ah, just bring the, the, the computer yeah. in and we'll sit down, and we walk in, and you'd see us, and you'd leave the bar. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought it was just it would be best to catch me off guard because I could have said anything. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm keeping an eye on what I'm going to say. Now who knows who's listening? No, no. But yes, no, no. Very, very, very happy to uh, be finally on the snow. Well, one of the reasons we sat down with you is because we wanted to hear about Murphy's and your new bar and the process of us. So, can you tell us a little bit about what your intentions for this bar are? Yeah, we got a kind of hold of this location, I guess. Close to this time last year, so we are in June. The previous place was called Joe's Garage, which was definitely a well-known, like a staple at this side of Astoria. So a lot of people had definitely heard of it. Yeah, I guess over the over the years of being a co-owner of the Wolfhound, I had I had always wanted to uh, space out and start my own uh, project, I guess, if you will. And uh, when when this location came up, I mean, it's a uh, yeah, it's a very very big venue, and I guess I, I'd always wanted if I was going to do my own thing. I did want to do something similar to like a sports bar, you know, slash live music venue. And this is pretty much, it just already has that feel of a place. Yeah, no, very excited. Very excited. I, I kind of, I had thought long and hard about whether if I ever wanted to get involved in something in Manhattan. But uh, I, I do, I do love Astoria and, and, and to get a, a location like this, I'm very, very happy and very excited to see what the future holds. But yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping, we're in June now, so we're hoping... Sometime before the summer ends, I would love to get in and get going before the Women's World Cup, which is the 20th of July. I'm not really stressed. I don't really get stressed out too much. I'm more just excited because I know how much people from other successful bars that have opened up in the last year or two in Astoria, we get very excited. You know, it's, it's again, I'm happy to be on this because it's, it's a good, you know, sitting in, sitting in the bar here now. It's a good, it's a good platform, of course, to take off to make everyone aware of, of, of what's coming. So you were uh, saying it's going to be a Mets bar. Yes. So I guess from the start, personally, you know, having, I guess the, the, there's two big things that are very important in my life, which is, you know, like I, I, I touched on earlier was sports um, and music. And 
that was a big, you know, that was the, kind of the main reason I wanted to actually go with Murphy's as the name. Because in my family, they were really the two big things in our household were five rugby guys, you know, and my sister. We, we, we're big into sport and we love our music. You know, my, my father had given us that uh, uh, when we were younger. And, and you know, I, I love having that going into bars and, and when you got, you know, two things in one place like sports and, and, and live music, it's great. And like you touched on the Mets, like when we were younger and, and our, our rugby teams or our hurling teams growing up, there's a big sense of community in where we were from, whether it be, uh, I'm from a, a town called Ennis back in, in County Clare in Ireland. And, you know, sport is very big, whether it would be uh, the GAA with the football or hurling or rugby in my family. And, you know, we were very proud to play with our clubs. And then in the bigger picture, Munster would, would be our province and in being a, a rugby fan when you come from like the southwest of Ireland and being brought up as a Munster supporter there is that sense of like small town community and there's something that a story kind of touched me a lot on with like with the baseball and having friends you know from, from all over New York and locally and, and, and Long Island and that the Mets kind of theme in the Mets family that you can just visibly see in a store. You see it everywhere. And it really is a thing that you see the, the blue and the orange colors in, in you know, people wearing caps and t-shirts and everything. So just being, what is it, 15 minutes away from City Field? Yeah. You know, so you just kind of, when you're, when you're living away from home for so long, you do, you do tend to just jump on what the community jumps on, which is like, for, for me, having a, a place and, and wanting like, you know, this new place now, Murphy's, to be the the home of, of that kind of Mets family. I'm, you know, I'm definitely very proud to, to you know, to, to start up something like that. Yeah, definitely very excited. There's a lot of big things gonna, gonna happen here from, you know, some Mets parties and events and some, um, you know, we'll, we'll go to a lot of games and stuff and, and have some, some well-known names here and stuff. And, you know, I think from taking over from Joe's Garage, there's a lot of, Mets memorabilia, including the chairs from Shea Stadium. So it's nice. It's nice to keep some stuff that uh, th these guys had seen from the last place. Wolfhound is a very Irish pub, and it has like a lot of like Irish stuff. And you said there's going to be more sports memorabilia in Murphy's. Is, is that going to be like the main difference? Is the gear towards a sports bar? Yeah, it's it's kind of. I think for me, and again, go back to. I, you know, I'm, I'm big into sport, and I mean, like, like rugby, soccer, and, and, and then coming over here, you know, nearly nine years ago, you, you jump on your, your local sports here. These, I, I just love sport, and I think the fact that over here is, oh my God, you know, 300 and, I think it's 363 days of the year, there is at least one sport going on. Like, there's yeah. a, a live sport. I think we talked about this, someone mentioned, there's two days there in between where there's nothing going on. And I, and I just love that, you know, and it's, um, it's definitely the idea of, of doing Murphy's Bar and, and from six, seven months ago, I, I wanted to, you know, get, get the sports bar up and going. But, you know, I think people will see very soon when you walk in the doors that I won't really have those, you know, big ass neon <laughs> lights or, or, the, or the, the beer signs and stuff going over the place. I, I have kind of an idea of, of mixing, you know, um, sports from around the world and sporting moments and, and characters from teams and mixing them in with local uh, legends in baseball and football, basketball and all that. And then, you know, you have the, the sports and then we're going to have a big live music, like a, a big stage here to have to host bands and DJs. And I think the two definitely mix very well. People who are into sports and music 
they'll, they'll feel right at home, hopefully, when, when they walk in the door here. Great. Nice. You know, if, if you told me, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago that I would have anything to, one, if I had anything to do with a bar, if any of my, my, my family or my friends, they would know that I had a job um, as a bar back, um, but, you know, in Ireland, we would just be called glass collectors. It's pretty simple. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what a barback is back home, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I worked in one or two bars when you were younger, and, and it is a very different system and a, and, a, and a setup compared to over here. But just, I think I think as soon as I landed, like a lot of Irish, you, you tend to kind of go down two roads. One is in construction, and the other is in the, the bar industry. And I think I didn't really have a choice. I was going to go down the bar industry. <laughs> you know, I don't think I was built for the other side, but... Um, Coming as a Murphy myself, and I know a lot of my family would agree, is we were kind of born what we what we call the the gift of the gab, which is being able to talk. Probably you know probably talk too much, but I think I was I was thrown into this kind of profession not willingly, but you know I, lo I look back now and you know I'm in a story of nine nine years now, and I I've loved it, and and I think I, I always I always say this to people is that when I go in the doors to uh, to work and go in behind the bar. I genuinely love my job. And it, like you said, it's very different to a lot of professions. You know, there's a lot of different hours you put in. And it's, you know, it's whatever about a physical stress. It's more of a mental stress because of what you're dealing with. And, and you know, John would know here as well. It's, it just it also depends where you work. And when you, you take a place that you've got seated tables or compared to like a dive bar, everything's different and and i think every bartender out there will, will will agree that it's probably the best thing about the job is that every day you walk in something's different something different happens you meet someone new and you can't really get that in in many professions you know but there is there is there is stress there and stuff but i always believe in and, I, and i've always said this to anyone i've worked with is that you could be the bartender the entertainer and the bouncer all at once but you don't need to you know you don't need it to, to get it to to be in the bouncer part because i think you can always keep an eye in, in, in a bar and the situation that goes on in there and without it, you know, you can always just keep the, the vibe and the mood, you know, right. And that, that is down to, to the bartender. I think that's very, that's probably the most important thing is there, just keep the mood right in a bar. Yeah, and if you can do that without putting your hands on anyone before 4 a.m., <laughs> you're doing all right. You're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this is your second bar that you own, right? Yeah, so I'm a co-owner in, in um, the Wolfhound on 30th Avenue. Where we talked to our friend Omar. Yes, yes. Ah, yes. Omar, Omar's the best. Yeah, so the Wolfhound is pushing on seven years now. If I'm off by a year, but I think it's seven years this September. You know, we, we, we've come to the stage now where I guess Wolfhound is kind of like a staple among, mm -hmm. among all the other amazing bars all over Astoria and, and, and ex especially you know we've always loved being on 30th Avenue we've, we've a great you know we, we've a great relationship with, with everyone else in, in the community and there really isn't you know I, I would say I haven't lived anywhere else outside of Astoria when I moved here but I've been around you know and I've I can say that I've drank in a lot of places in Brooklyn and Manhattan and stuff and and each has their own um, unique thing about their their own like area and community but I have to admit nothing touches Astoria like it, it really does remind me of like my hometown in Ireland where you can walk down the street and you know you, you could salute anyone a, a random or there's so many people that come into your bar and stuff and you kind of half look at them and say oh did I serve that guy everyone's yeah. so friendly you know and, and it's that, that's what makes Astoria, and it, it's another reason why I touched on why I wanted to kind of stay local, you know, hence all of this happening. Well, not inflating your ego too much, but <laughs> I think there's something about what you and Joe did at Wolfhound, too, that is super special. 
because nothing could stay in that spot. And then you guys came in and you created your trad week. You created a, definitely a sports bar. There's something special about that bar. And I think that's kind of why it's the epicenter. Yeah, no, it, it was funny because, you know, we, we, me and Joe both came from working. We started off at the Keys Bar up the street. And that's where, where we, met, we met. And from the very start with the Wolfhound, you know, you know there was... Um, listen, we, we were lucky because, again, on the, the community and the stories, everyone, everyone kind of came out from the very start. Now, whether it was, we had friends in the music kind of industry, a lot of our Irish friends, everyone supported us. And then we started to make new friends then by opening the Wolfhound 30th Avenue. Everyone was, everyone was very supportive from the start. And, and the good thing about it is that we didn't come from, we didn't come from any, any bar background or anything. We were just, we bartended for, I think two, three years between us. And we, we just wanted the old school kind of Irish vibe in a bar where, you know, and they're all, we're also just coming after all these other, you know, legendary bars around the place. You know, the, the Irish Rovers there, the Keys that we came from, the Rover, Daly's, Cronin Feelings. There's, there's a, a bunch of places I'm not going to start naming now because we were, I guess, this kind of modern take on that Irish vibe. And we had, we had the Irish music from the get-go. Me and Joe were in a band with the Thirsty Bandits at the time. And we, we wanted to just take that because we, we know what it was like to walk in or, or even perform in bars. You know, the atmosphere is just so different. When you've got some good, good live music going, the atmosphere, it just totally turns the atmosphere upside down. And, and it's really something we wanted to do. And then, you know, every year, as, as years went on, you know, you, you had different clientele and stuff. And, um, and you know, and, and the Wolfhound has evolved, you know, since COVID and stuff, you know, and, and but still kind of stays the same. You know what I mean? We, we, do, we do love being, like you said, in, in, in the heart of Astoria. And long may it last. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers to that. Oh, we can do a, we can do a live cheers. You hear that, Alex? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be a part of that. Uh, what are you drinking? <laughs> yeah, what are you drinking? Is that a glass of water? Well, gin, just cheers with a glass gin and tonic. No ice. <laughs> you know what I, I Rory reminded me of today that I, I think is just the weirdest thing ever, and maybe, maybe it's a stereotype. Rory doesn't drink whiskey. At all? Yeah. No, no. no never drink. <laughs> why, are you, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even do shots of it? No, no. It's. I will say, that's. I guess if you're talking about stories as a bar, the bartending kind of scene it's one thing that i will say as time went on i got less like, less pissed off about but coming straight from ireland in like my first year two three years here it was the same thing it was like hey man you got to do a shot of jameson let's go where'd you tell do and i was like well one i didn't know what tell do was i knew what jameson was <laughs> and and two i just yeah i was never um whiskey was never my thing and I don't know where I would have started drinking tequila, but you guys know what it is. Once your thing is, Once it's you your thing. thing. It's that, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, it is. It, it definitely when when people come up to the counter and you know if if they're closing a checkout or if I'm like, hey, you know, you guys want to do a shot? It's kind of like a yeah. What whiskey are you doing? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm not doing a whiskey. And then you know, which is even stranger because when you you have. Um, like I think last week there was a Hispanic couple that were up at the counter and I said, yeah, let's do a shot before you guys go. And of course, without even hesitating, the two of them were like going, uh, I'll get two Jamesons and, and you and I put out a, a El Himidor. And the guy goes, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, uh, I was like, uh, my girlfriend's Colombian. That's why I just usually use that as a as a, an easy excuse because, yeah, to just, to just get into how I don't drink whiskey, I wouldn't be able to serve the next customer because they would probably keep me of, well, what do you mean? You're Irish. You don't do it. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's, um, I, I, I stay clear of whiskey, so anyone out there who even dares to offer me a shot, just stay away. Tequila's there, though. I'll drink all types of tequila. Yeah. All right. See, yeah. this is, no, this is good, because now I'll never forget again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we definitely have had that conversation before, and now I feel bad Multiple about times. it. Multiple times. Yeah, probably a couple of times. Maybe once in the bathroom. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it also depends on how many shots you've had that I probably told you after you had those shots. So. That's true, which yeah. you also served me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. No, tequila for me uh, all, all day now. I, I really, I can, I can drink enough now where I won't be falling on my ass. Whereas I think I had one night of drinking. Um, I think I had a bunch of old fashions on a, on a night out for, it was actually Joe's birthday. It was, it was Joe's 30th years the ago. The Joe we keep referring to is Joe Byrne, Joe Rory's Byrne. Uh, partner at the Wolfhound. Yes. And he yes. also owns the Wild Goose in sunny side no woodside 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 queens oh yeah and, and uh, jack diamonds jack diamonds in manhattan as well yeah two two great spots yeah no i went on a night out and i had we we, we did we, we went for a steak dinner and afterwards i think we were with there was five or six of us and everyone else and of course they were all irish lads everyone else had no problem drinking old fashions to every place we stopped in and i kept up for the first six bars and the last <laughs> bar was the seven so you got to think we had like two in each bar so that was close to 13 old fashions. And then when yeah. we came to the last place, well, I don't need to finish the story. That's, <laughs> you just know why I don't drink, drink brown uh, liquor. Okay, good to know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Here I am drinking an Italian beer now, Peroni. Which, right. that, that's another strange thing about me. I do every year kind of bounce around, try and... Before I was never... My, 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 my drink during the winter is, is Guinness. Now, at least there you guys are going to be like, ah, there he is. You know, there's the Irish in him, yeah. No, Guinness, Guinness during the, the colder months, and yeah, I, I'm actually like, this is only like my fourth time drinking Peroni, like I really... It's a good beer, yes, it is it really solid. Is. When you said that, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get a big box of Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to do the jump on the Pilsners these days, because um, you, you can't just start a tequila at two or three o'clock, you know what I mean? Or, or can you? Right. No, no. <laughs> I just, I, I'm <laughs> over the whole, and this might make people angry, but like, I'm over the whole IPA craze. There's like two or three I like, but it's... Kudos to you know to anyone that can continue drinking the yep. IPAs. I mean, I I've, I I I drank them eight nine years when I first moved here when I had no money, and I would drink yeah. three or four and I get wasted because they were all like eight yeah. nine percent. It was great at the time. It was great for the for the pocket, but I gave it a break because yeah, it was it was difficult to drink. And last year I jumped on it again, and no, I I can kind of you know if someone's offered me one, I can I can have one, but it's. Yeah, you gotta have to have the you gotta be a particular person to drink the IPAs. But as you guys know, it's it's all over the place. I mean, you go into a, a bar that's got a twelve to fifteen a tap system. There, half of those, if not more, will have single or double IPAs, yep. hazy, yeah. all that stuff. You have your West Coast, your East Coast, your yep, your shot. Uh, what is it? Goose Island, I think Chicago. It got, it got a little out of hand when we went from single IPAs to double IPAs to triple IPAs, and then all of a sudden these IPAs are 10, 11, 12 percent. And like you said, you have one or two, and you're like, whoa! It's well, like you know, taking shots of liquor. <laughs> you also get them. the The percent went up, which makes sense that the glass got smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I found myself doing that a few months ago, where I had like 10, 12 ounce glasses of like a double IPA. And it was just like, I remember this the next day going, it, again, because they're so easy to drink. I think we all know that. That's, that's you know, hence yeah. why I'm, I'm trying to just, just get on the pills here <laughs> and, and train with these beers because, oh no, but you know, respect to anyone, anyone that can drink them because, and there are a lot of people, especially in Astoria, Long Island, yeah. it, it, it's a huge thing with all these breweries yeah. around. It's definitely great for, for Queens because you like to kind of, for instance, in, in the Wolfhound and, and Murphy's going forward, you know, I'll definitely keep you definitely want to keep uh, a lot of local stuff on on tap. Yeah, all the bars are, are very good for doing that because you again you're you're supporting uh, the local breweries around you and stuff. And I think every one of us knows someone who works at a brewery. And yeah. 
Hey, Alex, do you know what time it is? What time is it, John? Well, unfortunately, it's time for a good old-fashioned bathroom break. So we'll be right back after these messages from maybe Alex and maybe our sponsor. So here's the deal. I still love Austin Eastsiders, but we haven't been in contact with them for a while. However, I have been talking to my new friend Jim over at Screwball Whiskey. I don't know if you guys have tried Screwball Whiskey, but it is the perfect peanut butter whiskey. Now, Jim doesn't know that I'm making this ad for him right now, but we have been in talks on doing some stuff together, and he does listen to the podcast. This one goes out to you, Jim. Uh, make sure to try some Screwball Whiskey, because it is delightful. Mix it with jelly, put it on your turkey. And we are back. You, you talked a lot about the how you got into Wolfhound, but just real quick, uh, how did you get from... Hold on, let me see if I get this right. Glass Collector, right? Mm -hmm. To the Glass Collector in Ireland to, I guess, the last bar you worked at before Wolfhound was the Keys, right? Yeah. So was that just a pretty much, you were a Glass Collector, you came over, you um, started the Keys? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess my journey was Ireland, short stint to Barcelona for a few months, and then straight to here, and I think even in Barcelona, that was probably my first gig behind the bar. Um, I was there for... for Two, two and a half months. Again, very different system in, in Europe, and especially in, in Barcelona. It's a real um, tourist city. They have a mix of kind of, a, of everything, you know, the liquor they serve there to drafts and everything. It's, it is a lot different. So to kind of, and, and I, I guess there, the, you weren't really making cocktails that much. You were making Jager bombs, actually. That's what we were doing. It was, <laughs> it was the World Cup in 2014. And, you know, but yeah, straight from there to over here, I actually did a small stint in the Pig and Whistle in Manhattan, and that's where I was thrown in behind the bar. And yeah, it was it was a, a guy called Noel. I can't remember his last name now. Also from Clare, who I will say I remember seeing him work behind the bar. He trained me in for a couple of weeks. He was actually the same guy that let me go <laughs> a month later. <laughs> Shout out to Noel. Um, that's what no, but you know it's um, it's funny because I remember actually watching him. Actually, before that, I remember an Irish guy said to me too, he said, and I still always remember this, and it's no disrespect to customers coming up to the bar, it's just the, the system and the game that is bartending over here. He said to me, bullshit beats brains every day of the week. So, and I totally, I, I was, I was kind of like, I don't know what the fuck that means. But it, it was a kind of a thing that, you know, being a bartender, and when I saw this guy, Noel, when I seen him bartending, and he was kind of showing me the ropes, but he was more just, more or less saying to me, you know, just kind of sit back and watch. And watching the way he was able to speak to customers while doing 10 things at once. And again, you know, I was 23, 24 coming over. So I, I just I had a small stint bartending in Europe. So again, very different to how things are done over there. But he was, he was doing so many things from just making cocktails to pouring drafts while having fun, upbeat conversations, whether it be about sport or something, with a bunch of other customers. Now... It went from me looking at that going, oh, well, you know, you would think someone's just like, there's no way you could be, remember all this, or, you know, he's just probably bullshitting or something. And then the other experiences I had in, like, the Keys and the Wolf phone, you know, you, you realize you're actually enjoying it behind the bar. And, and if, you, if you can do that and enjoy your time while also working, you know, and, like, you're, you're doing all these things, you have to make sure this cocktail's all right, the, you know, the specs on that, the Guinness is poured all right, the IPA is going out. If you can do all that literally with a smile on your face and having fun with the customers, that is where I think, you know, as a bartender, anyone listening to this totally appreciates that. 
because if you're not happy and if you're not legit genuinely smiling to the person at the other side of the bar it's probably not for you you know what i mean but yeah no no it's it's, it's definitely something I, I i will say after a couple of years of barton and i really said to myself okay i have found what i what i want to do so I, I i really wanted to just kind of i guess put the head down and Hence, being in this situation now and, and this next adventure of mine the, over the next few months is just fitting that all of that started kind of somewhere, I guess, you know? It's funny. You're the, I think, like the fourth person that we've talked to that's done a stint, at least like a short stint in Barcelona. And everyone that, everyone that we have talked to that's done that has been European. You know, they were either mm. from England or Ireland. Is that like a move? Yeah, I, I mean, not so much Barcelona. Um, that was just that was just a place that that I ended up before coming here. It, it is I will say as an Irish person, it, it is it's an Irish thing, you know. It's it's Irish people do tend to to emigrate out, you know, and and it's a thing for over, over centuries. It's an Irish thing. I mean, I, I come from a family where my eldest brother Gavin lives in Toronto, below him Shane lives in Brisbane in Australia. My brother Limog lives in Dublin. I'm here in New York with then my two younger siblings, Cormac and Dervla. And my mother, who's originally from New Jersey, she's been in, in Ireland for the past 20, 22, 23 years. You know, that's just, that's just you know, an example of what happens sometimes, I guess, in, in, in Ireland with, with families. It, it's just a thing, you know what I mean? We do expand out to the globe. And in Europe, definitely, I mean, listen, there's, oh my God, my God Irish are everywhere from... Germany to Spain to Dubai to Australia New Zealand but we're just kind of all over the place uh, yeah Canada is another big place but definitely the, yeah the US and especially the East Coast was really the spot where that's where my parents met my, my father came out here in the 70s and met my mother had had a bunch of us it always kind of has been that thing in, in, in the Irish community and it, it's another thing I would say personally just it's great to be in a in a country in a, in a city especially New York where it is a home away from home, you know, and I really repeat, I always repeat myself with that, but it's, you know, it, it is that, it's, it's, it's always been that way for, for years, you know, the Irish will, all, will always, will, will, will flock here kind of to where the next Irish person is, you know, so that's, that's kind of where, where, where it starts out. We're going to hit some of the classic questions. What's your biggest customer pet peeve? It's, it's funny because it's, because I've listened to you guys before, and just the title of the of the, of your podcast, ah, you know, and I, I know someone had touched on this before, but again, coming from Europe and you know living here as long as I have, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of over it, and it, it doesn't really it doesn't phase me anymore. But I guess when when I started out in the Keys and other places, and you always hear the, the whole buyback thing, and I'm very sure I could be wrong, but I just was told this for many years that it was Irish person people who started this from somewhere. Really? Yes, which is, I don't know if you guys ever heard this before, but I, I you Makes know. Makes sense though, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was, actually, I think it was Barry Riley from the Whiskey Bar who said that to me. So I'm very sure someone in one of the places had said that this word or something came from an Irish person who said it. Yeah, no, no, it's funny because we, we just, we have the thing where, you know, when you're a regular in the in the place and, and the buyback is, is always kind of, a, it's a thing in a neighborhood bar and we always do it, everyone always does either your fourth drink or your fifth drink is on the house and stuff. But yeah, but when you get some young kids that come in and you know, they're just, it's, it's the, um, it's that thing where they kind of, some people expect it. That shit, that shit kind of yeah. pisses me off. Cause to yeah, me, I, I will it. always say, I'm just one of those bartenders where I'll always look after, you know, your tab or, or I'll always give, like I said, I'll do a shot with you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the entitled people, they're the people you don't want coming up to your bar a lot of the time. But, okay. yeah, That's fair. That, yeah. This next one's on you, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I had a couple of kids. I had a couple of kids who come in and were like, I, I will say, I, I love. It's kind of an act for me. If someone, you know, someone would would ask me that and be like, "Hey, what's your what's your buyback policy?" And then, when, you know, when that word policy gets thrown at me, I'm like, yeah. "Oh, Jesus Christ!" <laughs> and so I just I just act dumb and I'm like, "I'm sorry, sir. What does that mean?" And they're like, "Oh, like what's your like what's your buyback? Is it every forfeit?" And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't really know what that means. I, like that. I just put them, I just, I just act dumb and I put them in an awkward position. So then they go, eh, no problem. That's it's, it's, it is. It is. <laughs> and they're not going to get a buyback. Yeah, but like, so. <laughs> I would have I done it if they hadn't asked. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Oh, well, one is, I'm definitely showing this out because I, I have no problem saying this, is the, and this goes to bars, restaurants, is that if you come in the door and you walk right past me and you go straight to back to the, back to the bathrooms and you use the bathrooms and you walk back out, that I hate. If you walk in the door and say, hey, can I use the bathrooms? Or, or an another one they do is they walk in and go, bathrooms are this way, right? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, can I help you? You know, <laughs> and it's, it's you know, I, I genuinely like don't care. It's more of just being, having manners. That That's it, yep. you know what I mean? And yeah. I think if you see someone with manners, you'll treat them a little different. When I was working at the yeah. Blind Pig, we were right next to an IHOP. And the manager of IHOP hated going to the bathroom in his own restaurant, which I guess, Sure. So he would always come into the blind pig. He'd put two bucks on the bar. He would say, hey, and he'd go to the bathroom. And I always thought that was a good move too. Like some people do that. They put a, like a dollar or two on the bar after using the bathroom. And I always appreciate that just because like it's an acknowledgement that they still, your bar is serviced them in some way. Do those dollars make it to the porter who cleans the bathrooms at night? Uh, sometimes, you know, I had a porter. Porters are fucking, do you have a porter? Yeah, yeah. Porters are some of the hardest working people. Oh, yeah. I don't think, ever, yeah, I don't think yeah. we've ever talked about porters. Porters no, who come in so. when the bar so, closes at, what, 3 a.m., 4 a.m.? Yeah. And work until 6 a.m. or mm -hmm. 8 a.m. when someone comes in to open it? Until the yeah, first yeah, opener comes in. Yeah, yeah they're, they're crazy. They work all night long, polish, like clean the floors, clean the bathrooms, clean the bar. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, crazy. I will say that over the years, it's another thing you notice too is that most of the time a porter that's coming in at that time of the night you would presume that, like they have another job elsewhere which is kind of I, th I don't think a lot of people understand that is that it's yeah they, they do listen it's it's always a thing especially with bartenders that every every bartender whoever should always be if, if you're in a if you're in a location that you're, you're tipping out porters or, or, or barbacks you know yeah. I think everyone is in alliance to know that you, you should always look look after them. Because Drop a couple bucks on the ball. Yeah, after yeah, them. yeah. Um, we had we had Francisco, and now I have Larry. But I you, you barely see, that's the thing. Like I think they get forgotten about because you don't see you them. You don't see them. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah. you're if you're like me, like you're a day bartender, by the time you're in, usually they're gone. Sometimes you'll catch them and they're like, "Hey, it's good to see you," and you catch up. But I never see them. Yeah, it is, and 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 they're like I said, having another job. It's it's yeah, it's it's difficult. So everybody look look out for your porters. And your barbacks, yeah, yeah porters and barbacks. Yeah, barbacks. Here at the buyback, one of the things we want to do is talk about bar etiquette. So here is our bar rule. Bar rule. I don't know, I'm just fucking around. Those are nice headphones. This is the same headphones we've used for two seasons, John. Are they really? Yeah. They're Marshalls? <laughs> yes. They look really nice. Okay. Shout out to Marshall. This episode of The Buyback is sponsored by, by Marshall. Marshall. Okay. Uh, the John. clothing store, Marshalls. No, John. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the amplification company, Marshall. Would, are they called amplificators or are they called amplifiers? Amplifiers. I said amplification, which is, I don't know. John, what's the bar rule for this week? All right. Here it is. Biffo Bapo big one, okay? Don't ask for less ice 
and expect more booze. Okay? We are trained in some form or another to pour you about an ounce of booze in your drink, some of it by a heavy hand. But don't think just because you're getting less ice, we're going to pour more booze. We will pour more soda and your drink will be watered down because we know exactly what fucking shit you're trying to pull. <laughs> or if you do genuinely want less ice, just know that your drink will not be to the top of a glass anymore. Yeah. It's still the same amount of alcohol and mixer. It's just, you know, the ice didn't pick up as much ice. And I will be an asshole about it. I will live, literally leave an inch of space and be like, you asked for less ice. This is what you get. Um, it drives me so maybe crazy. Just don't do that. <laughs> just don't you, know what, you know what you do? You, you, you human up, that was a non-binary way of saying sack up, uh, you human up. You breast up. Well, now you're making it, well, I guess we all have, we all have breasts. breasts. You nipple up. You nip up. You nip up. up. <laughs> you nip up. You nip up. And you order a double. And I'll put it in a pint glass for you. There you go. And you'll get... A little bit of ice and... A little bit of ice and a lot of booze. Alright, cool. I like Just it. Just... You're not smarter than us. Nip up. That's Nip up. <laughs> Nip it up, zip it up. Nip it up, zip it up. What? No. So, there's our bar rule. If you have a bar rule that you want to ask or, or send in, please uh, reach out to us through our... Instagram at Buyback Podcast, or possibly the Buyback Podcast. We should really, we should really look I'm that look up. Um, and ask, and we will try and get it on the show. And we will give you some credits if you would like. Kudos. Kudos. I love. Isn't that a candy bar? Is there a candy bar called Kudos? The Buyback Podcast. The Buyback Podcast at Instagram.com. No? Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed The Buyback, follow us on Twitter at The Buyback, on Instagram at The Buyback Podcast, or email us at thebuybackpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And if you are a bartender or know a bartender who should be on the podcast, let us know. Please like and subscribe. If you write a review, it will actually help boost us as well. So anything you can do to support us would be awesome. Tell your friends. Remember to be nice and tip your bartenders well, and we'll see you next time. Well, there we go. John was the first customer, technically.